It's so good to see you guys, and I'm glad that you have decided to be with us here at Calvary North Fort Worth. Can y'all give it up for one of my greatest friends in the entire world? Come on, not only is he a friend in ministry, he's a friend on the basketball court. Come on, give it up for Pastor John Martin. Let's go. Come on. Man, this guy's been a gift uh, to this church, and his family as well has been incredible. And, and man, you've been a gift, just your leadership over the worship uh, department of this church. And you're grateful for our worship team. Come on, give God some praise. Come on. I'm glad that you're here today. And, and we're going to continue our series. Uh, Pastor, I got a question. And so we're going to give our question here pretty soon. But how many of you know that it's okay to ask questions, right? Are you okay with asking questions? This is what we've been doing over the last few weeks. We've been asking questions because we understand that as we ask questions, we're gaining clarity. And wherever there is clarity, come on, there's breakthrough. Wherever there is breakthrough, there's confidence, there's courage, right? There's peace. And so God has intended for our life, confidence, courage, and peace. All of those things are wrapped up in Christ. And so when you ask questions, hear me when I say this, when you ask questions, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doubting to the point where you have no faith. That's not what this is. We're asking questions because we have questions. And God is vast and he is big. And how many of you know it's going to take a lifetime to know and understand and discover everything that God has in store for us? So questions is what we've been doing. And so I would ask you and I would tell you, let's embrace. Let's embrace questions, specifically today. Here's our question for today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Pastor, I've got a question. I, will I lose God's forgiveness if I mess up? Will I lose God's forgiveness if I mess up? Go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2, verse 12. If you're in this place and you're following along on your screen or whether you have a Bible today. Anybody got a Bible today? Can I see a real Bible? Let's go. Come on, give God praise for the real Bible. Three Bibles in the house. Let's go. Everybody else is digital. It's all right. Follow along with us. 1 John 2, 12 is what it says. I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of Come on, you can read it, of his name. Your sins have been forgiven on account of his name, of his name. Can I tell you, as a gospel believer, as a gospel-centered church, I probably get asked more questions about God's forgiveness than any other topic in the Bible. Questions like this, am I 100% forgiven? It's a good question to ask. What if I sin and I don't repent? What about this one? What if I backslide? What if I backslide? Forgiveness seems to be like a blind spot for many Christians, right? It does. Somehow, some way, we just can't get it through our heads that God has, has, past tense, forgiven us completely for all time. The reason why we say all time, because in Hebrews, it says once and for all. For some reason, we have extreme difficulty receiving, here it is, 
Here's the term, unconditional forgiveness. Here's why. Because many of us say, man, that's, that sounds too good to be true. Too good to be true. Because nothing's for free in this world. There had to be a cost. And you're absolutely correct when you say that. Yes, there is a price to pay. And Jesus paid the price for all. So the grace of God has many expressions. But forgiveness is one of the biggest. So let me put it to you like this. You miss forgiveness and you'll miss grace. Mm-hmm. Missing grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's talk about grace. So one way we reject grace yeah. is to treat forgiveness as something other than a gift. Yes. Right. Uh, and sadly, a lot of us do that. We, we mistreat forgiveness. Um, we think we have to do something in order to earn it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we have we have to do something or any certain thing in a specific order, A, B, C, and then will get forgiveness. Yep. It's not the case. Uh, we think this re- this way because of what Jesus said, actually. Uh, he said it in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, uh, verse 15. If you do not forgive man of their sins, yeah. your father will not forgive you of your sins. Yes. Now, coming from Jesus, you think, you know, that's, that's golden, right? That's, right. <laughs> that's good news. But let me tell you that that's not necessarily the context of that of that statement you know we that's bad news to me yeah you know, that's that's t- that's telling me to be scared yeah because if i don't forgive then i won't be forgiven from the father yeah that's on my own merit mm-hmm. right it's law right it's not grace it's law it's that quid pro quo uh mentality yeah. that tit for tat uh, you know, I I scratch your back, you scratch my yeah. back. That is that mentality. Um, and that's not the way to have it. Now, why did Jesus, who we as New Covenant believers believe that Jesus is grace personified? Yeah. Right? Uh, why, did, why did he preach law? Uh, and he preached law because some people need to hear the bad news before they accept the good news. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, they can't appreciate the good news. And I'll give you a case. Uh, I'll give you an example. Case in point. Uh, if I ask this question to you guys, uh, I got some good news. Yep. I got some bad news. Yep. Which one do you want first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You could say, which one do you always want first? The bad news, right? Yeah. You always want the bad news before the good news. Yeah. That's just the nature, our nature. <laughs> Uh, so some people will never value the gift of God's grace until yes. the law has been allowed to be condemned. Yeah. Right. To do its condemning work. And Pastor, let me ask you. So speaking of c- condemning work, how does the covenant of law uh, can, you know, do its condemning work? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would give you a few examples. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse seven says that it's a covenant that ministers death. Yes. It's the ministry of death. I mean, you know that the new covenant, the life of God, the spirit, right? The Holy Spirit gives life. But we know from scripture that the law is the ministry of death, meaning this, that it will drive you to the end of yourself. Give you another example. Galatians chapter four, verse 24 says that it's a covenant from Mount Sinai that creates slaves and not sons. Anytime you hold up the law, can I tell you the 
the natural, not the supernatural, but the natural response to that will be to do something, an if-then scenario. Another example, Romans chapter 3, verse 2 says that it's a covenant that reveals sin. Now get this, but it doesn't fix it. So all it does is hold up your badness, but it does, has no power to change you. So we all know because we've been in this new covenant, this gospel, right, that Jesus came to fulfill the law on our behalf, right? And in the act of paying for the world's sin, he forgave those who sinned against him. And that's good news because, hear me when I say this, the very condition for forgiveness that Jesus preached in Matthew 6 on the Sermon on the Mount. Do you want to know what Jesus did? He himself satisfied on the cross. So the very thing that he preached on the Sermon on the Mount, if you want full forgiveness, if you want complete forgiveness, this is what it looks like. He himself went ahead and demonstrated that and gave forgiveness to us. What a good God. Romans chapter 10, verse 4 says it like this, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone. Somebody say everyone. Everyone who believes. That's good news today. Because maybe you've heard that God won't forgive you if you're harboring unforgiveness in your own heart. Because under the law, Jesus preached that that was true. Demands, regulations, requirements, right? But the law-keeping covenant was fulfilled at the cross. And I love what was shared just a moment ago, that it is finished. You know what it is finished means to you and I? Live. Go live. Live. Enjoy Christ as you live. And I'm so glad for that because today you and I live from the finished work of the cross and like never before, you and I need a whole Bible theology. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. We need a whole Bible theology. Because as we read the Bible, guess what? We need to see Jesus woven in through Scripture. We need to see Jesus in every story. We need to see Jesus in everybody's life. We need to see Jesus because he is there. Yeah. He's there. And so a whole Bible theology means that you read the written word through the lens of the living word. You read it through Christ's perspective. What does that mean? Through the finished work of the cross. That's what that means. So let me just give you an example real quick. Look at the screen behind me. And you'll notice that there is a consistent pattern of preaching conditional forgiveness pre-cross versus unconditional forgiveness post-cross. So the question for us today, right now, in this moment, unconditional forgiveness, pre-cross, no. Post-cross, yes. And let me just give you one of these because 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says like this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Wow. Remember, 
Old covenant, if-then scenario. If I do this, then I do that. So let me give you the contrast of that. Are you ready for this? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 and 19 says this. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us the ministry, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Do you see the difference in that? That now you've been given the greatest ministry in this entire world. What is that? To tell people that they are or they have peace with God. And that's good news today. I love that. Because before the cross, Jesus preached forgiveness as a law. But after the cross, listen to what he said, Acts 26, verse 18. Open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive, receive forgiveness, which is a gift. Receive forgiveness and a place among those who are sanctified by Faith, And if you're glad for that, come on, give Jesus some praise this morning. Come on. Right where you are, take your right hand, set it on your heart. Come on, with everything you got, eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mouth to confess. All of the good things Christ has provided for me. If you believe that, come on, give him some praise one more time. Thank you, Jesus. So today... Man, I'm glad that you're up here with me and and we're talking about this today. But today we're going to give you three truths regarding unconditional forgiveness. Are you ready? Come on. Number one, give it to us. All right. Number one, forgiveness isn't something that God does, but it's something that he's done. Wow. Come on. Past tense. Yeah. Um, On that day that Jesus rose from the dead, uh, he immediately started preaching a different message, right? Pre-cross, law, post-cross, forgiveness, right? You got to remember that everything that he preached about was was Mm law-based. So, for example, forgiveness, forgiveness was conditional, right? You have to forgive to be forgiven. But after the cross, he preached this. So Luke chapter 24, verse 46 and 47 says this. This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Yeah. And repentance and forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That's good. Now I got some homework for you guys. Come all right. On. Give it to us. I got some homework. So this week read that caption again. Read that passage one more time and just really pay attention to what it says. So it says I'll, I'll tell you again. Does, now, does it say repentance for forgiveness? Mm. No. That was preached by John the Baptist, right? Come on. Law, law yeah. based. It says repentance and, and forgiveness. Yeah. Right? So that conditional, uh, that conditional thing that, we, that you need to do, it's an action word. Right. We don't need to do that anymore. Mm. Right? Now, aren't you glad that Jesus is saying this here? That is not an action word, right? That is a noun. He's saying this. From now on, forgiveness isn't something that God does, right? It's something that he's already done. Wow. 
the latter has, half of that passage is verse 47. It says repentance and remission of sin. Go ahead. Right. So the King James Version, if you if for all my older Come on. older folk, the King James Version says remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. So forgiveness has not uh, has already, sorry, taken place and it's called remission. Mm. Right. I'll give an example for that word remission. You might have heard it before, right? Uh, if you have any family members or friends that are cancer survivors. Yeah. Right. So that word remission is when they have healed. Yeah. And they go and they ring that bell. Yep. Right. That it's already taken place. Wow. Already taken place. Um, and where did the remission of sins take place? At the cross. Come on. Right. So there's an old hymn that uh that i grew up singing and i love i love hymns because hymns are so new covenant yeah so new covenant and so uplifting but there's an old hymn that says at the cross at the cross where i first saw the light mm. right and the burdens of my heart rolled away. rolled away it was there by faith that i received what my sight <laughs> and now i am happy all the days come on love that yeah. I love that. It's so good. Uh, now, I'll take you to the Last Supper, right? The Last Supper where Jesus um, were with the, with the 12. Um, he even said it to them. He said, I'm going to take away the sins of the world when I die. Mm. So if you look at Matthew 26, verse 28, it says, my, this is my blood, right, of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the what? Forgiveness, remission. Of sin. Mm. Now we're gonna little do a little call and response. You know, I'm, I'm worship, so I like to I like to talk back, right? So, where was the remission of sin? It was on the cross, right? Where was the Lord's blood poured out on the cross? Where are all your sins forgiven? <laughs> cross on the cross. Come on, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Yeah. That's so good, man, yeah. because the cross is significant. That's yeah. what we declare. The cross is significant and changed everything about you, yeah. changed everything about your present reality and your future reality, yes. and changed everything about your past. Just changes everything. Yeah. Number two, write this down. Forgiveness isn't, isn't a reward based on your confession. It's a free gift based on his crucifixion. It's not on your confession that you receive forgiveness. It's on his crucifixion. And this is such good news because I remember in moments where I used to almost crucify myself in order to feel some kind of remorse, right? Right. Not crucifixion in a real way, but crucifixion in an emotional, deep, remorseful way. I had to feel some kind of way in order to make myself believe that I was forgiven by God. Anybody with me? And so this is a reality for us today that it's not about our confession, but rather it's really his act. So forgiveness in the new covenant, I love what you said earlier, is a noun, it's not a verb. Because when we say forgiveness, most of, us th- most of us think it's a verb, it's an action. God's still forgiving, and I still have to forgive, right? So we equate ourselves to God's forgiveness. God's still forgiving, meaning that it's a verb. No, God has forgiven. We, it's a past tense, and now it becomes a noun. Yeah. So 
We know that it's forgiveness is a noun, not a verb. It is a gift, right? Not a work. It is inheritance, not a reward. God's forgiveness is not about trying, but it's about trusting. It's something that God does, right? Not something that he's going to do. He's already done it. He's already completed. And this is difficult for some of us to understand and know and really internalize. So think about it. When, When you sin against someone, right, your relationship with that person comes under some strain, right? There's meaning that there's this Thing between you and that other person, right? Yeah. It, it, this You don't know what it is. Could be money, could be a miscommunication, whatever it could be. And there's that thing that comes between the two of you, right? So to be reconciled, mm. you need to deal with that thing. Anybody with me? Yeah. yeah. You need to deal with the thing, whatever the thing is. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, this is pre-cross. He says that if you're bringing your gift to the altar and you remember your brother has something against you, go away and deal with that thing. Okay, you with me? Luke 17, chapter 4, this is also pre-cross, says that if your brother sins against you and then repents, send that thing away. Okay, so that makes sense, right? But, but here's the thing. God isn't like you and he's not like me, meaning that he doesn't wait for you to deal with that thing before he decides to forgive you. That's good. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to wait for you to finally come to your senses and say, well, I'll deal with this thing. No, he goes before you to deal with the thing so that you can walk in confidence and boldness and courage and peace with God. And if you're glad for that, come on, give him some praise. So that thing that was between you and him, meaning your sin was dealt with, which you just mentioned, it was dealt with at the cross. And I love it because since God is not limited in, in space and time, Guess what? He has dealt with the thing before you even were born, before you even realized that you needed a Savior. And that's good news for us today because the the reality is, do you want want to know what being forgiven means? Forgiven actually means sending forth and sending away. So listen, what if God today, what if you actually believe today that God's forgiveness actually sent that thing forth and send it away, meaning he doesn't even attach that thing to you any longer. And this is big for us because some of us are dealing with shame. Some of us are dealing with guilt. Some of us are dealing with condemnation so much so that we can't move forward in our life. And this thing is prohibiting us from moving into everything that God has planned for us. Are you hearing me? And many of you think it's the limitations all around you. But no, what if it's the unforgiveness? What if it's the shame? What if it's the, the condemnation that's keeping you from moving forward? And God is telling you today, listen, I've dealt with that thing. I've sent it away. I don't even see it attached to you any longer. Hebrews 9.26 says it like this. But now he has appeared, read it for yourself, Once and for all, at the end of ages, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Mm. That's good news. That's That's good news. 
So think about the disciples for a second because remember, they were pre-cross. They were hearing the Sermon on the Mount of the the regulations and the law and everything that they had to do, meaning the if-then, right? If-then. Old covenant is if-then. If I do this, then I get this from God. But you are in the new covenant, which is a since-therefore scenario. Since God did that and completed that, therefore I walk differently. Are you hearing me? So the disciples are listening to this, and they're blown away because there's a different message coming from, from Jesus. And on the cross, the law was fulfilled, grace was revealed, and verbs became nouns. And I'm so glad for that because forgiveness was no longer conditional. Right? Right. It was no longer conditional on you to complete A, B, and C, right? But now forgiveness becomes a free gift that was paid by Jesus. And I'm glad for that. But here's the best part of this. Are you ready? Come on, you can give God praise for that. But here's the best part, okay? Acts 5.31 says this, that God exalted Jesus to his own own right hand as prince and savior that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. I want you to focus on that word give. Mm -hmm. We know God gives. We know that God's a giver. Did you know that he also gave you repentance? Now, repentance to me, Mm -hmm. right, was something totally different than what I realize it now to be. Right. Repentance to me was almost like a begging session for God, uh, uh, between me and God. Remember, repentance to me before understanding the new covenant was me begging, trying to force myself into a remorseful place so that I can appease God and I can somehow receive God's goodness. Well, we know that repentance is like that. Repentance is changing our thinking to what God thinks about us already. That's repentance. And so in other words, as forgiveness is a gift given to you, repentance is also a gift that is given to you by way of Jesus Christ. How does this play out? I repent all day. It's not that I'm evil or bad. It's just I think wrongly sometimes. And can I tell you, all of us have moments where we think inferior thoughts. All of us have moments where we think outside of what God believes true about us. And so we repent, meaning we change our thinking because it's a gift so that we can be aligned with what God believes true about us. And if you're glad for this gift, give him some praise. Come on. I love that. And then because of that, in Acts 13, 38, says this, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. What does that simply mean? Because repentance is a gift and because forgiveness is a gift. Do you know what happens? Now you declare Mm. this message to everyone. Now you're able to speak this thing to everyone. The The message of reconciliation between humanity and God. Imagine if you actually told somebody, yo, you have peace with God. It'll probably, it'll probably make them jump for just a second. But would you say you have peace with God and Jesus made it possible? I don't think we preach that enough, but we have peace with God. Yep. We've been reconciled back to God and we've been given the message of peace with God for the whole world. Come on, be glad for that. Give them some praise. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> Peace with God. Yes. All right, so let's look at number three, okay? We don't beat ourselves up for forgiveness. Mm. We look toward the cross and just say, thank you, Jesus. Mm. Okay, so it's going to get really heavy right now. Maybe someone in this room or, you know, someone you know is struggling right now with sin, right? Uh, or you're carrying a huge burden of guilt, Yeah. right? You know, even me sometimes, you know, you think of something that you've done in your past and you're like, <laughs> but, um, you know, or you're wearing shame. Yeah. Like a, you know, like a jacket on and you just, you're emotionally drained. Yeah. I got a solution for you. Mm -hmm. It's a guy named Jesus. Yep. <laughs> 2,000 years ago, who died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he came, he became, and this, this, this is a big word, the propitiation. That's right. <laughs> propitiation for the sins of the whole world. That's right. It says it in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. It says, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. Wow. And not just our sins alone, but for the sins of the whole world. Yeah. Right? And like I said, propitiation is a big word, but it's, it's a simple, real simple meaning. It just means Jesus became yeah. the sacrifice that satisfied completely. That's right. The propitiation completely satisfied. Complete. Wow. He turned God's wrath on us away from us when he took the sins to the cross. Because mm. if you know sin, sin is like a lightning rod, right? It attracts wrath. Mm. It attracts and it warrants the yeah. wrath of God. Yeah. But he took that away from us. And if you know anything about the Bible, you know the wrath of God was crazy in the Old Testament. Yes. <laughs> it was crazy. Look at what? Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. Lot's wife. Yep. You know, God, God, you know, if you sinned against God, he was, he was crazy. <laughs> but Jesus took that away because he satisfied us uh, with the Father. Right? So in Psalm 30, chap uh, chapter 30, verse 5, it says, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Come on. So in other words, he was cursed for just a moment so that we could be favored forever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Guys, Jesus paid the ultimate price. You know, that sacrifice is, is not in vain. He paid the ultimate price. We are totally, totally forgiven and completely free. Hmm. You know, your sins, they've been done away with. They've been blotted out, canceled, dismissed, yes. forgotten. God no longer connects your sins to you. That's good. Believer, you are totally forgiven. Say that again. So it just Believer, you are totally forgiven. Yeah. Now, if that don't make you happy, I don't know what will. No, yeah totally forgiven let's look at Romans chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 it says happy are those whose wrongs mm. are forgiven where their sins are pardoned <laughs> happy is the person whose who sins the Lord 
will not keep account of. Wow. Now, did you know, as Christians, as believers, we're supposed to be the happiest people on the earth? Yeah. We're supposed to be the happiest people on the planet. Yes. But it's simply not the case for a lot of us. Yeah. You know, that that guilt thing is strong. Yep. It's strong. Guilt, shame. We're not even una- able to forgive ourselves, Say let that. alone other people. Say that. And listen, believe I, t- I, I I'll tell you this. Forgiving yourself is crucial to your mind. Yeah. Having peace. Yeah. You, we've all done wrong things. I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Pastor, I know you're guilty of it. Yeah. But we have to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Peace of the mind is crucial. Yes. And I'll tell you why many of us uh, can't do this, you know, can't forgive ourselves and, and, and hang on to this game and sh- this guilt and shame. It's because we haven't come into a full revelation yeah. of what Jesus did on the cross. Yeah. His finished work. Yeah. They haven't heard the good news that Jesus sacrificed is once and for all the final solution. Final. Instead, we've been led to believe that God's angry with us. Right? That's a counterfeit brand of forgiveness. Yeah. God's not angry with us. He loves us. Yeah. He loves us. You know, that kind that kind of counterfeit forgiveness that we've been taught years and years and years you know, that's that's from Mount Sinai. Yeah. Right? That's that's that old way of thinking. You know, we need to be in the forgiveness from the cross at Calvary. That's right. Right. That type of forgiveness brings joy, mm. brings peace. Yep. Not anxiety, not fear. Yeah. So hear me when I say this, believer. God's love is unconditional. Yeah. So if his love is unconditional, his forgiveness must be unconditional as well. Yeah. It goes hand in hand. Yes. I have two boys. If they do something bad, I'm not going to sit there and say, you're not forgiven. Yeah. I love them. Yes. Unconditionally. Yeah. Now, I didn't say there wouldn't be consequences. Yeah. But forgiveness, they have it. Yep. Forgiveness, believer, we have it. Yep. Receive it. Hmm. See, when you believe God's love and God loves you, but you don't have a total understanding of how you're completely forgiven, then you develop an inferior identity, yeah. right? Yeah. An inferior identity that makes you apologetic yeah. and you're not confident, yeah. right? Our relationship with God isn't built around our apologies. Come on, say that again, please. Our relationship with God is not built again uh, around our apologies. Yeah. 
but rather his affirmations, mm. right? It's not built around what we say, right? It's built around <laughs> what he says about us. That's so good. And I know what he says about me. Yeah. John, you're loved. Come on. My son, you're forgiven. Yeah. My son, you're righteous. Yeah. You are my son. Yeah. And these same affirmations, I pray over my boys each yep. and every night. Yep. They are the, ex they are the example. Yeah. Of how God loves me. I say, John, I say, Luke, you are great. Boys, you are righteous. Mm. You are my son. Yep. You carry my bloodline. Assurance. Whew. You are mighty. Yep. You are wonderful. Yeah. I love you. I love you. Yeah. If you just, just think. God is saying that to I love you. Yeah. You can do no wrong in my eyes. Mm. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. You are forgiven. You are righteous. Yeah. Child, I love you. Yeah. If you're thankful for that, give God some praise right now. <laughs> Folks, being forgiving is a part of our new nature. Yeah. When we only get a revelation of God's unconditional love and not his unconditional forgiveness, then we only end up knowing about God. Mm -hmm. We have to know about who we are as well. Yeah. And who he says we are. Yep. His forgiveness isn't activated because of our acts. Mm. That way, died on the cross. Yeah. His repentance, the repentance and the confessions or the good behavior that we do, that, that way, that, that, it's not based on that. Mm -mm. His forgiveness is generously given to us by the riches of his grace. Yeah. Say that again. His forgiveness, his love, yeah. the unconditional love is generously given to us, not by what we've done, not by how good we treat people, yeah. not by any act that we can do, yeah. but by the riches of his grace. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good news for me. Yeah. That's good news for me, Pastor. Absolutely. And you know, one thing that we're to do, because there will be moments where we do fall. Yeah. There will be moments where we do mess up. We do make mistakes. Those moments, do you know what in the new covenant as a believer, a new covenant believer, do you know what you're supposed to do? Not beat yourself up. Here's what you do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Which is the greatest statement of faith. It's thank you, Jesus. And so this is where today's question comes in. Pastor, won't I lose his forgiveness if I continue to sin or mess up or do wrong? 
What about the sin I did last night? What about the sins I don't deal with, right? Well, can I tell you that God isn't like in heaven putting a red check on your name in the book of life, nor is he putting an asterisk by your name in the book of life, right? That's that's not what he's doing. If you were to ask Jesus today, if you were to ask him about your sin, do you know what he'd say? What sin? There is no record of it. I don't see it. Stop looking for it and start gazing on me. Yeah. We have a problem in our society and you can look at all the acts going on, everything that's out there, everything that is happening. Yeah. Those are just symptoms. Because with every sin, there is a root. With every symptom, there is a root. There's a cause. Can I tell you, we don't have a political problem. We don't even have a a civil problem. We, you know what we have? A belief problem. We don't believe that God is this good towards us. Because if we did, and I'm, I'm speaking this generally, not, ex- not to you, but generally. If we believe that he was good enough and he paid the price yeah. once and for all yeah. and his forgiveness was not conditional but unconditional, do you know what happens? People change. From the inside out, they transform. Their heart becomes from darkness to light. It's a transformation of heart. And so remember that the law will drive you. It will drive you to the end of yourself. We know what Jesus does? Jesus draws you. Come to me. Hey, you're tired? Come to me. Worn out on religion? Come to me. Hey, what does the law do? The law whips. But the Lord, he woos. Get to know me. Nothing is heavy. The law commands. But Christ, I love it because he counsels us. Yes. And if some of us in here are still battling with sin, guilt, shame, condemnation, I I want you to remember these three things. Here it is. Think. Turn and then trust. Thank God, thank you, Jesus, for your one act. Turn. Meaning this, that we were raised to turn, but no one taught us where to turn to. They just told us turn and run. But no one ever finished it for us and said, make sure that when you do turn, you fix your eyes on Jesus. So you think, you turn, but then here it is, you trust. Do you want to know what trust is? Trust is you Your posture, your spiritual posture is sitting, meaning that you're resting, banking on his finished work. You know, the way I walk as a believer really depends on how good I rest. The way I walk as a believer really depends on how good I sit. (laughs) Do I trust him? Do I take him at his word? Do I trust what he says? Then I lean, I trust I have faith, I sit, I rest in his finished work because that's what the Bible declares 
over us. But I can hear it now. I can hear it now. Some of you are freaking out because you believe this message is somehow this unconditional forgiveness will lead to more sinning. Now hear me when I say this. Some of us imagine that hearing and believing once and for all forgiveness, that Christians will be setting world records for sin. But let me remind all of us in here that many believers seem to be sinning just fine without really understanding unconditional forgiveness. And so how about we actually give unconditional forgiveness a try and allow what God can do through it for a different outcome. Because I, I can tell you right now, I know what I see in our world. I know it. I'm not blind. But there's one thing that I've decided a long time ago. I'm not going to preach about man when I can preach about Jesus. You preach about man, you're finding faults with everything. You're finding fault with everybody. You're finding fault with everyone. You pick your fight. There's plenty of fights out there. You pick it. I've learned that I'm not going to preach about man. And why should I when I can preach about the righteousness of Christ Jesus himself that gave us peace with God? Jesus that's living on the inside of you today. Jesus that continues to empower you to overcome that sin. You've been cleansed from it. He's detached it from you. Yeah. He no longer associates it to you. And then 2 Peter 1.9 is reassuring for us. Speaking of reassurance from a heavenly father. Here's what it says. For he who lacks these qualities is blind and short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from former sins. Do you understand whenever I feel guilty or whenever I allow condemnation to overwhelm me, or whenever I feel like I am not good enough, right here it tells me that I have forgotten the forgiveness that was given to me. So could it be that you just repent, change your thinking, because God thinks something totally different? Right there where you are, if you lift your hands, come on, right in his presence, focus your attention on Jesus, unconditional forgiveness, unconditional love. Yeah. yeah, we're not running after forgiveness, no, because forgiveness was given. Forgiveness isn't something that you pursue, but forgiveness is something that is given for you to possess. It's yours in Christ. The gospel is the emphatic declaration that you have been completely and eternally forgiven through his blood. And Lord, I thank you for my friends today. I thank you that what you have done has been a complete work, not a half work. That you didn't leave it up to us to finish it, but you have completed it through and through and through today. So today, Lord, I thank you that even when we go out and face this world, that we may be tempted, but Lord, I thank you that your grace, the person of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit, will allow us to overcome sin. And I don't know who this is for, but you need to stop fighting sin, something that God already defeated, and you need to receive 
God's power and authority over it. Maybe you're in here, maybe you've made an occupation out of fighting sin. God says, put your tools down. I've defeated it. I've done it for you. I've, I've, I've done it on your behalf. Simply receive. Stop looking for the sin and start looking to me. So, Lord, I pray that your grace will empower your people today. I thank you that forgiveness is our reality to get today, Lord. And I thank you that as we receive your forgiveness, Lord, I thank you that we would freely receive those that have offended us. As a result of your unconditional forgiveness, I thank you that, Lord, we won't be offended as easy. I thank you that we will forgive freely. I thank you that, Jesus, we will love constantly. And, Lord, because we decide to do this, Lord, I thank you that everything changes around us just as it has changed in us. I thank you for your empowering grace today. And I thank you for what you've done in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.